Hi, I'm Mario Evan, and you're listening to Talk Trot, a weekly inspired edutainment podcast discussing the things that most people are afraid to, but from a Jamaican perspective. From relationships, sex and sexuality, to the ins and outs of entrepreneurship, in this space we speak about almost anything with the intention to inspire, educate, entertain, and create a fair and balanced space where your truth shall become your power and set you free. This episode of Talk Trot is sponsored by Podcorn, and Podcorn definitely has worked for me. Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasts to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads like this one, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. With Podcorn, there is no middleman. Podcasts of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on the platform, set their own rates, and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. You never give up any rights to your podcast, and Podcorn is here to support you at every step and ensure that you're protected compensated for the work that you do for brands. The Marketplace mission is to give podcasts transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we monetize. So head on over to podcorn.com to get started. Check out the link in my show notes and start to monetize your podcast right now. Welcome back to another Sunday, guys. This is your boy Mario Evan and you're listening to Talk Trot. I always hope that you say it with me every week when I say it, right? I'm soon start asking for voice notes and I'm going to send in a voice note of your version of Talk Trot. All right, that's coming. This episode is a nice one because I'll be talking to a really cool Jamaican girl who goes by the name of Tamika A. Coley, but she prefers to be called Tammy Sansai. She is an author a creative, a mental health advocate, but she prefers to describe herself as a multidisciplinary artist. And I think that's really super cool. So we're going to dig into some conversations about mental health and the creative, some of her struggles with mental health, which she um, reveals in the episode, and also how that ties into being a creative and creativity. And then at the end, we wrap up with some tips as usual, especially for you creatives who can often put so much pressure on yourselves you know and it's important that you keep your mental health safe and sound but before we get into the episode i discovered a site that actually pretty much puts all my reviews in one place and i realized that they're actually itunes um reviews in other countries which don't show up on the u.s itunes so i'm stumbling on a bag of reviews with me never ever see it so i'm gonna read a few of them this one is by Olivia, O-H-L-E-V-I-A, Olivia, and her title is Keep Them Coming, five-star review, and it says, when I say substance, I mean substance. I listen while taking a shower, while cooking in the kitchen, while on the road, when I wake and before bed. I absolutely love this podcast, and I learn so much every week. Please keep them coming. <laughs> Thanks, Olivia. I see that you're from Jamaica. You have like a Jamaican flag on this review. And um, boy, that sounds like a lot of Mario in your ears at multiple times of the day. That could be dangerous. Warning, don't listen to too much of this for too long. All right. 25 days ago, there was one by another Jamaican called Lush Us. And that's L-U-S-H underscore U-S. The title is Talk Trot. Five star review. I found out about this podcast through a travel page I follow on Facebook. Hashtag Go Jammers. Big up the um, Go Jamaica Travel Family. Big up. I have listened all of episode one since then and kept coming back wondering, or she meant season one, and kept coming back wondering why no new uploads since the last um, season. Kept checking till I heard you again on Tommy Tackles Everything and I was like, no man, Maria trying to make her have nothing. Make sure I record an episode with Tommy and start uploading again. What a surprise when I realized the first episode of season two was featuring Tammy. I love how soothing and captivating your voice is and your topics are always so relatable in one way or another. I enjoy each guest. I look forward to the next upload. Continue to talk to my brother. Respect. Yo, respect, Loshos. Respect. Don't sound like a bad man saying respect, Loshos. Respect, Loshos. All right. One more before we move into the episode, and it's titled Honest, Candid, Informative, Inspiring, and Refreshing, a five-star review from Nicole Wendy, who says, I am writing from Toronto, Canada, and I am truly appreciative of this podcast from you. As a podcast listener, clinical social worker slash psychotherapist, 
I admire your willingness to tackle a diversity of topics and it is inspiring. I particularly enjoyed your talk on colorism in Jamaica, vaginas and personal finance and I have since shared Talk Truth with a number of family members, friends, co-workers and clients who have been thoroughly enjoying it. Thanks again Mario and keep soaring high. Thank you, Nicole. Yo, the love is real, people. The love is real. I feel it in my heart. Let's get into episode number 28 with Tammy Sansai. Enjoy. Um, I think we'll have two, Tammy. Do we? We do. Hey. I think we're like good to gizzle. Hey. <laughs> like <laughs> Elephant Man. <laughs> Yo, did you watch Cribs with Elephant Man? You when he was like, like, this is my dog, Shitter. Even like 50 <laughs> years ago? <laughs> yes. <laughs> this is my dog, Shitter. And this one is Shunk. <laughs> I was dying. <laughs> well, guys, welcome to Talk Truth. And I have somebody here who is killing me. Did you guys watch Cribs with Ellie a couple oh years back? God. Can you have data classic? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You need um, to save it on YouTube. You need to save it on YouTube. <laughs> I have with me a wonderful person who is also a multi-potentialite. I think I should just call this show Multi-Potentialites Unite. I think so. Because um, I keep meeting these amazing Jamaicans who do so many things. Uh, who are you? Oh my God. What's your name? What's your name? My name is Tamika A. Coley. Yes. But a lot of people know me as Tammy Sansai. Ah, that's how you pronounce it. You see, with <laughs> I'm a coffee, I'm a good, I mash what it up. What you think? I'm not gracing on. And Sansai is T-S-A-N. S-A-I. S-A-I. Uh, how does Sansai come now? Yo, there's a story behind that, you know. So, I was interning at Solid Agency mm-hmm. um, while I was going to UA. And we had, um, what are the name again? Fully Loaded. Yes. So, we had some Japanese DJs come from Fully Loaded. And one of them was always teasing me about how my smile big and bright like sunshine. But because of his accent, it sounded like Sansai. And I wanted to, I was creating some social media accounts for myself that time. And they want something to sound cool. So, right. I say, Japanese sounding name. Yeah, I like it, I like it, I like it. And then now, after using it for a couple of years, one of my friends said to me, you know, say so you're really shedding light on a lot of these issues. Like, you know, and the name come from the sunshine. It work. I mean, I said, oh, see, they just give it a meaning. So we just run with oh, it. Oh, so it never really have no meaning? It's have a sunshine. meaning, yeah. And it just spell Japanese-ish. Just, yeah. I like it. Wow. I like anime and them things. So I, I like the idea of having a name that sounds Japanese. Very creative. And that's a good segue into what we're talking about today. We are going to be talking about mental health and creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like two separate topics, but we're going to join them at the hip and separate them and all these things. Yep. Um, you are a creative. What are some of the creative things that you have done and, ah. and currently do? I know that's the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> have done and currently do. Okay. So I have done uh, event planning. Um, I've been a makeup artist. I did that. I did event planning for about four years, but me never have no life. So I was like, this not going to work. No, sorry, rough. Cannot work. So, segue from out of that, went into journalism. Yes. And I worked at The Observer for four years as a lifestyle reporter with Novia, McDonald White. Right. Um, I dipped out of that a little bit, just kind of was getting a little skittish. You know how you creatives get. Yeah, yeah. When you and get tired, you move. <laughs> <laughs> move. Yeah. So, I wanted to try something new. And for some reason, actually, I remember why. I did not understand how to do makeup. I didn't know nothing about it. And I was like, I feel like that's a good skill to have. That's what I'm going to do next. Right. So I went and studied it at Face Forward School of Beauty in Ligani. And me never did even have no money at the time. So I went to the lady and I'm like, listen, I want to learn makeup. I see that you have an ad that you need a store manager. I'll manage a store and you teach me how to do makeup. Look and at she's, like, bata. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's like, Great, <laughs> so that where she ended up paying me anyway, right? Because you did good work, I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, she paid me and I studied it, and then I even ended up helping her to start teach other people and so on. And I loved it for a while, but after like five years, because I even started teaching makeup at heart in what name now, Runaway Bay, right? right not right. Runaway Bay, Anato Bay, Anato, yeah, it um, turned into Cardiff now. Well, yeah, yeah well, mm-hmm. so I went down there and I was teaching an eight week makeup course down there, and it was fun, but it was also really exhausting, you know, going up and down doing these video shoots, these weddings, these classes. And, and you know, a teacher, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Marika Gmai said, You know, I don't love this enough to do it every single day. What do I love? And I was like, okay, I still love to write. That has always been the constant. So I'll continue to freelance as a writer. And I did that 
you know, write for some publications overseas, like Large Up, Irie Mag, them people there, right. um, Complex UK, and just write for those people that helped for a while and thing, but you can't really sit down there every day. Oh, you got day. those connections, not to go too deep in that, but... Um, how did I get the first one? I think, oh, one celebrity did come to the Observer that I interviewed, mm-hmm. and we connected on LinkedIn, and then now uh, I put up the stuff. And somebody in their network was looking for somebody to write stuff. And they're like, hey, I know this one. Yeah. You know, because there's like a feature on LinkedIn where you can recommend somebody for something that somebody posts. Right. It was something like that. And after I wrote the first article, like other people started coming to me. So that did work out. I made it enjoy it, but I had to be home every day looking at a screen. So right. I was like, eh. And then one gig led to the, the, led to the next in writing world. Mm-hmm. Marty, Corley. Corley, I can't pronounce yeah. his name. That's Large Up, right? Yeah, yeah Corley. Him, him and Jesse yeah. are Large Up. Right. Um, so I did a lot of their arts and culture stuff here for a good while, too. And um, then, all right, so what was next after that? So, <laughs> so you had, so we have makeup artists, yeah. teaching at heart, observer style reporter. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. then we have articles for big magazines, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, moving to that, um, I also needed to, you know, just make sure that I have like stable income, <laughs> right? <laughs> that would be important. I thought that's really important, yeah. yeah the adulting Let's thing, let me tell bills. you, I never sign up for this, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> No one resigned, but here we are. Yeah, so the social media thing, no, that actually I started doing that a long time ago, you know, before social media really became a thing. Um, when I was interning at Solid again, mm-hmm. um, I was supposed to be a PR intern. They never teach me not one thing about PR. I was so annoyed. They kept putting me on the accounts for the artists. They're like, no, just set up the page, man, and run it and talk to people. And I was like, why? Right. Like, this is not real work. Right. And I was annoyed because I went there to learn something specific. But I fell in love with it. I was like, oh, this kind of cool, man. Like, my life So you started vibes. writing copy for like web pages. Right, and so it became copyright. And we call them something, the press release and them something. Press eh? release, mm-hmm. you know, web pages, mm-hmm. ads, that kind of thing. And I just segued into advertising, digital media, that kind of thing. And I've been doing that. That has been the bread and butter from 2012. Fully. So inside of your mind, must you go on with a bag of things? Like if you see a picture, you see a caption. Oh, yeah, man. Like, always. <laughs> always. <laughs> right. And it, it's a thing that I've always had. Like I'll see something and say, yo, you know what would make that so much better? X. Right. So my brain naturally works like that. So it, it wasn't a difficult transition for me. It's a skill. Mm-hmm. Big up. So, all right. So I see that there is a passion for writing. I mean, you would you say that's one of your main creative skills or that's the one that you love the most? That's the one I love the most. I recently fell in love. Well, not recently because that thing I used to do for myself. Mm-hmm. But since I started doing it as work and getting paid for it, I'm like, oh, this nice thing. What's that? <laughs> Food styling. Food styling. Please yeah. tell us what that is. <laughs> Come here just see one piece of ham and a frack. Like, you know what? <laughs> all right, sorry. That wasn't cool. Um, for real? <laughs> you know, a piece of... All right. We know what is not a ham in clothes. Oh my it's God. like maybe a ham, a ham <laughs> with the pineapple perfectly placed in the right and position. And there's that too. Garnish. <laughs> yes. Some like things around it. Yeah. yeah. All right. Tell us how you tell me. Yes, I'm looking at my right away. now, yeah. which is why I'm dying. <laughs> I got carried away. I was really excited about this because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want another job, but I could do. Oh tell God. me about this food styling. Um, The food styling, yo, all of these jobs that I do is like one thing always lead to the other. So right. I was on the set of a makeup shoot, right? And that's what that's what I was supposed to do. They had a stylist for something else, but she never did a do a good job. And the director on that shoot, it was actually one of Marte's shoots. Right. Um, he was doing the photography and somebody else was doing the video. And the director guy was like, That girl don't have no sense. Call in the makeup <laughs> artist. I bet she can do it. Right. So I was like, Okay, when sure. I pay my feet. <laughs> so I mean, they were like, yeah, of course, because this person isn't working out. So I'm going to try it. And they're like, yeah, man, we have a three-day shoot next week. Are you wear books? So I was like, okay. As the food stylist? Mm-hmm. So I was like, Zine, I don't know anything about this. But then I was like, all right, I cook all the time. Right. And I like to plate the things nice, but I don't really understand it. So my love learn. So I went home and I just started looking stuff up. And you found so it. So I, I did the shoot and I don't think it was one of my best shoots. Right. But... I learned a lot and I was like, oh, this kind of cool. So I just started diving into it. I just started look it up, bear things. And that was, um, it was a KFC shoot. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't like the original food stylist as working with the main food stylist. But 
they liked what I did and so on. Assistant so. food stylist. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, all right, all right. May I get like a boss in I think? Yeah. Um, my first shoot by myself. What was that again? That was just the other day, actually. So technically, I guess food styling is a part of being a chef. The plating part is kind of like right. the food styling. Yeah. yeah. There is also the production side of food styling where sometimes the food is not real. Right. That part for me, actually, it never had because I'm always just like naturally creative with my hands, like from doing makeup to drawing right. to whatever. So I can figure out how to make something look like real food that's not food. So I was like, oh, cool. With a flat face, I kind of like when everything on the plate is edible still. But that's just me. <laughs> Even the flowers. Yeah, them, but you see, when you're in a room for 12 hours with a big, if it's for a picture, a then big hot light, a shine on it, right, it could melt it's and all, these melt, things. all kind of things can happen. So you just mm. need to make it look like it's real and look like it tastes good. Right. You have to tell people, nobody eat this. Please don't yeah. eat it. Right. So now I know how to make all kind of things. Fake ice cream, <laughs> fake, fake mashed potato. <laughs> and it look real. <laughs> I don't even want to know what you used to do it, but now I understand what food styling is about. All right, so I'm going to segue to one of your big projects. I'm going to call it your big projects. You wrote a book. You're an author. The book is called Hard Girl for Dead, Musings, Poems, Notes to Self. This book is on Amazon, folks, and I'm going to put an affiliate link in the show notes. Hey! <laughs> yeah, you better plug, so that you can buy it. Um, tell us about Hard Girl for Dead. How you got here? Um... Well, I'm the hard girl for dead. Mm. <laughs> and that right. book, that book is my baby, man. Like, it's my, I've always said that I was going to write many books. So, to see that something come to fruition. Like, even now, sometimes I walk past the book and I'm like, whoa, did I do that? Yo, I feel that we had bought my album when I created the first Listen. one. But they get, and it, you know, it's funny, people get so excited. The airport bookstore, right? Mm-hmm. You have to put these things in the store in case you never know. In case you think that they ask you for it, they don't. So legit, I contacted them and got the album in the store. But anytime when I fly out, I'm yeah, you see it. I'm excited so till. <laughs> but I understand. I was like, damn, is this mine? Yeah. So you see it and it frightens Even now, like people think, oh yeah, you know, you're used to them thing about now. And I'm like, no, I really don't. Like when somebody from some faraway country tag me and I'm like, they don't know me, none at all. Right, so pe- that means like, the reach out. They found it yeah, themselves. And then them also take the time for reach out and say oh this book has changed my life i'm like yo meaningful. i'm really doing something meaningful with my life and that's that's my whole point of just existing so everything i do i want to make sure that i am making a difference in some way anywhere i go i feel like i must leave that space better than i found it i love that all right i want you to tell me about the book but before you tell me about the book tell me about the cover of the book i'm looking at it right now describe it tell me <laughs> describe it to our listeners and and tell me explain it Okay, so I am covered in black and gold oh, body are you paint. With that? Yeah. You never realize you're me? What is wrong with me? Did you say head tilt up? But you can't see me though. Look on you your hear, hair you hear plenty. All right, go on talk. Yeah, so it's me, mm-hmm. firstly. Um, I am the model and makeup artist. Um, so, th- so I had the concept in my mind. Um, with Japan, again, the cultural love for that has come in where there is a, what do I call it now? Just like a practice that they have where... When a bowl is broken, they fill the cracks with gold instead of throwing out the bowl. Wow. And then it becomes a new bowl. Wow. And I thought to myself, well, that is a great analogy for life. You know, instead of just write off yourself as, you know, this as has broken, broken me down. As right off, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, this has broken me down and I can't go no further. Why not repair yourself to be like a stronger, more beautiful version of yourself? And I have gone through so much. And when I looked at that that whole bowl practice, I was like, I can see a lot of parallels with my life and the way that I live and this. So I think this is going to be the cover. So I got the the black body paint, the gold body paint to kind of simulate the cracks there, which right. is why it looks so. And I take like what? An hour and a half, paint up myself, get my friend um, Janil, big up yourself, Janil Brooks. Janil, she gave me her living room right. <laughs> to do the shoot in. And my brethren Warren come through and just take the pictures for me. And I wanted it to be, because I, I wanted to write about these really pertinent topics, but I never wanted the book to be depressing or heavy or anything like that. So I want people to look at the cover and get that upliftment from it right away, which is why I'm looking up towards the words. Right, Hard Girl for Dead is above, is above her. And right. I mean, really for me as well, there is also strength in seeing a black woman with her natural hair. There's more to it in yeah. as well, but... So I wanted to do that too. Because at first I thought, maybe I should get somebody to do it. Then I said, no, I'm no, my story. I'm story, yeah. I'm going to do it. So, you know, 
And I like the idea of filling the cracks with something that is precious. Yes. And also adored by, exactly. by people. And that makes it more beautiful. And that's what I think people should do. Like, that's how you should see your lessons. They are precious, you know, and you should adore them. So, 100%. All right, so let's go into a bit about what this book is about. You've had, I mean, um, is this entire book, you've had some journeys with mental health. Yes. Um, so tell us a bit about the content of the book and what inspired it. Okay, so um, it didn't really start, it wasn't supposed to be a book. It started as me journaling right. to self-heal. So I needed an outlet and I was just writing, processing a lot of the things that I went through whether in childhood because for many years i just was not dealing with a lot of things i wasn't going to therapy nothing so things would just be happening and i would just keep it moving and you would call it repression or 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 you were were unaware um no i was very aware so i did repress and i did avoid Mm -hmm. on purpose because Mm -hmm. i was just like yeah i can't take that on this is what i'm doing and i am very good at that i'm actually dangerously good at that but I recognize that it's not a strength. And at some point, it's going to come back to bite me in the ass. Mm-hmm. And it did. Mm-hmm. So I did end up, um, I went to a mental ward. I spent three days there. And that is when I started to really reflect on everything. Even though a couple of years before that, I had started to do some work. Because I had already started journaling. I'd already started advocacy. Um, and I already went to my first therapist. But then he died. And then I stopped. And kind of start to slip back into the dark hole again. So when I went to the mental ward now and came out, I had to really just assess and figure out, all right, how am I going to move from this? What is my next step? And I started to write again, just as an outlet. And I noticed a common thread. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if this could be something. And I started to kind of arrange things as they connected. Right. And I read it to my housemate at the time, and my best friend, and they were like, yo, that's like a sick book. And I was like, eh, where you Right, <laughs> right, right. They planted a seed, and you're like, oh, yeah. Right, okay, so this is going to be the first book then. And from there, like, I just continued to write and just continued to arrange and so on. So the book has three sections, um, musings, poems, and notes to self. Mm-hmm. And um, it has three themes as well. So the first section, musings, is a lot of it is like, free-flowing writing right just while i was processing right our memories that i had and my three-day experience on the mental ward was in there i actually had taken that section out because i was like no this too deep people are gonna judge me they're gonna pre me i was gonna ask you weren't you afraid to share those I deeply personal things because i mean afraid. i wouldn't share my journal notes because some of it deep still yeah people couldn't manage yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if i know that's a way to, that's this the way to journal to free flow to just yeah write. exactly well not everything ended up there but there were some things that i knew a lot of people are not facing Right. Or would need somebody to say, you know what? I went through that too. So I'm going to say, all right, I'll put this there. The part that bothered me though was about actually being committed. And I thought, wow, that is going to affect so many things. It's going to affect work. It's going to affect. So committed I took it to, out. To the, oh, to the, to, to the. Yeah, to mental health. Okay, word, right. You know? Right. So I was like, yo, man, I put this in there. And I took it out even when they sent me oh, the final. Oh, you mean the, admis- the whole admission to the, to the ward you wanted to take out? Yeah, I mm-hmm. took out the whole section. Mm-hmm. And it bothered me. Even when I got the final proof for the book to look over, it wasn't in there. And it bothered me. You said it's missing something important. And I was just like, I couldn't sleep. It I was like, no, I have to put it in there. I have to put it in there. And I got up. And at the last, like, say I have five hours for say, okay, print. Right. I sent it in and the editor, she picked up the phone and called me because she wasn't, um, she wasn't in Jamaica mm-hmm. and she called me and she's like, you know, I couldn't sleep because I just felt like that part needed to go back in there. And I so was she like, felt the same way. Yeah. All right. So and I said, all right. So this was a, a group decision. Yeah. Um, so that's all of that happens in the first part, which the first part is the heaviest section of the book. Then the poems now is the inspiration from 
all of the darkness that I went through. And I did create some really beautiful pieces. Because right. it's like when you come out of a depressive episode. Yeah, man. And you start to notice things again. And you recognize that you're noticing things like the sunshine again and so on. Because when you're in a depressive state, them things they're not bother you. Know? Like, you know, see them. It's no. like the whole world you're is numb. gray. Yeah, it's gray. It's yeah. yeah. So, like, the first time you really recognize that you're hearing birds chirping. You're like, whoa. Oh, so, it did wow. always yeah, sound right, good. exactly. Yeah. So, the sky so look. Oh. The poems come from that space. Right. So, it's kind of like. The, the light is like yeah. the light coming back up yeah yeah and then now the notes to self is by the by the time i got to writing the book the space where i was was being more compassionate and forgiving and kinder to myself and a lot of the things that i thought about every day was how can i carry this through so i started to write these letters to myself and i thought you know other people can benefit from this and that has been the section that resonates a lot with people right but i like the musings though because it helps them to it's kind of cathartic into your mind right? yeah and, how and it's cathartic are. for a lot of people right but also the part about being on the mental world is funny because some of the, it, and the way you express yeah. yourself let them know how you stare at them sure it's funny um a lot of the people on the world like i wanted to humanize them and yeah. I thought I would have written it like a story, but then I said, no, I'm going to write the dialogue like how it go. Come on, people. Feel these people. And it really has been helping a lot of persons. That's great. I mean, and in terms of process, were you writing along the way or was it that you experienced everything and wrote after? Um, I mean, were, the journaling would have obviously happened in a moment. Yeah, right? that part. Um, the poems came after. Right. And the notes to self were kind of intermittent. And the idea for the book was where in all of these things happening. Boy, somewhere in the point, where somewhere the point in the time. middle part, in the middle part, somewhere right? in the middle part. Because when I was doing the processing of that, would be the stuff that's in the musings part. I never did plan for share that with nobody. Right. It just is just that after weaving everything together and seeing that they all connect on a mental health thread, but also on a mental health creativity thread with like a spiritual experience in there. I'm like, okay, so all of this actually makes sense together. I think that it will it will be like a, a better project if right. I just sync everything. So that's what I did. All right. Divulge as much as you care to um, <laughs> about that lead up to the admission. What was making you break mm-hmm. that pushed you in? What were the kind of symptoms you were experiencing, if you want to call them symptoms? Or mm-hmm. What? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just curious about just painting that picture of what that felt like. Mm-hmm. And then kind of what being admitted was like and then uh, you already spoke about coming back out and hearing birds and stuff yeah um so yeah the lead up the lead up i feel like it came from just years of not really dealing with things so just keep it moving because i went through a lot of very traumatic things even the year the year before i was admitted Mm -hmm. was and towards the the like almost the end quarter that is when my therapist died and I did not, I, I basically never acknowledge it. I just move. I'm thinking this may have been a very charming man. Yeah. yeah and, and he, he used to work in the public system. Very helpful. He was very, very helpful. I think I may know this amazing man is, yeah. Anyway. He mm-hmm. was very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had such a bond with him because right. a lot of people don't talk about the kind of bond that you build with a therapist or, you know, with somebody or who even helps a doctor, you. Or, or a doctor. friend. Or a friend. Exactly. Yeah. So it was really traumatic for me. Yeah, it was like losing passed. a family member. Yeah. And because of the, the space that he filled for you. Exactly. Spe- specifically, right? Because Which sometimes a parent can't fill or a friend can't fill. Exactly. And most of the times they can't. It's a vulnerable space. And I had tried other therapists before. I tried other, all kind of things. And they never None worked of them like worked. Him. Yeah. So he was the first person to work. Yeah. So it was really hard for me. You want and to show him some love? Or we're not calling his name? <laughs> we're already it. We're already it. All right, fine. <laughs> we're going to bust him. All right, cool. But, um, and then that was like 2015. I had a bad breakup towards the end of that year. Like the, the relationship that I was in, that person cheated on me very publicly and very, it was like a really nasty right, thing. Because it it's, it's all kind of played out at an event that I was having. Wow. So... It was just which means that people you knew were there and inside yeah. and who knew about the relationship yeah, yeah not, not cool it was horrible yeah so there was that there was losing my therapist then as as the following year starts so my friend my close friend she had um cervical cancer and she was my age right and she died wow and then just like a bunch of things started happening like I life lost, events yeah. yeah i lost a major client and i wasn't dealing with any of that i was just moving 
I just like, all right, some loser work need to find a next one. Okay, somebody right, die. All right, right, cool, go to the funeral. It was just like just that. moving motion. Just yeah. yeah, autopilot, everything. A lot of us do that though. Yeah. We just move. And um it was just like a lot of stress mm-hmm. and consistent stress, not dealing with it and also in all of that failing to take care of myself while all of these stressful events are happening. So it just kind of was like chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. And then it developed into, because I have um, insomnia, which goes hand in hand with being bipolar. Mm-hmm. So I I got like a really rough patch of insomnia for like about almost two months. I was barely sleeping. So yeah, and I, mm-hmm. yeah, and I got to the point now where it was almost exactly three weeks that I did not sleep. Mm-hmm. So I was just... A zombie. A zombie. Mm-hmm. And I have always... With my bipolar experience, experienced the hypomania, so that's the, the, the heavy depressive side. Right, the low. But I never experienced the mania before. And for some reason, his mania did happen that time, and it was like way up, way through up the roof. Through the roof. And I didn't know how to deal with it because that was a new experience for me. You never like swipe out two credit card and Tifa <laughs> car and these things. I have a few friends who are bipolar. I've seen a few things in my time. I never did anything like that. Right. Actually, I was really creative during that time. Wow. I was like writing and just like doing a bunch of things. But it's just that I was so tired and I could not rest. And then I just started to, I was, I had this like five day crying fit. Like I just would not stop. And it wasn't like I was crying. It's like my eyes were just running. And I don't know. It was intense. And I mean, I know, well, what I've understood, you can probably confirm is that in mania, sometimes you feel superhuman. Like there's nothing that can stop you. That's you can, the thing. You, it's like liquid courage and everything all tied that's, up in the one. You talk exactly to anybody, you do anything. Trust me. And you create. It feel good, you know. It feel good. It feel but you can good, be destructive. But you can also feel, you know, that little feeling in the back of your mind, like you yeah, enjoy yourself, but you feel like something will come. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of feel like that at the same time. Right. So I'm just like, what happens when this ends? but i was like yeah this is a really nice little groove you know because may i tell you man i did bare things i came up with concepts for shoots and i was just going and were going, there things going, that going. you could have held on to or they're or they kind of transient thoughts they just kind of come and i go? actually did some of them i actually so did you actually remember um, them and could have yeah ri- written some them of them i got to write down but mm-hmm. Another thing that happened with the rapid cycling is like your brain is just going, going, going. Mm-hmm. So before you can hold on to a thought, it 20 more come. Right. So, you know, it's really overwhelming as well. Um, luckily, mine never got me to a point where, you know, you have some people, as you said, they spend a lot of money. They go and they have, you know, um, a lot of random sex. And right, so it never right, reached right. that for me. Um, I tend to withdraw when I can't figure out what I'm going through and just try to not expose other people to what's going on. So that was my way. But right. I was literally bouncing off the wall. I didn't mash up a couple of things in my place just because I was moving so fast. Right, not intentionally. But yeah, it was just, it was almost like I was outside of myself looking and being like, yo, Shina Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so, so from what you're saying, there is a consciousness of the mania. There is. It, at least there was for me. Right. I don't know if everybody experiences that. It's not that you can control it, but you can sense it. You can see it happening. Right. You can see it happening, but it's just like you're watching somebody drive into a wall and you can't do nothing. Yeah. It's a really scary feeling. What What has... All right, now you're an advocate. And um, what has made you choose to become an advocate? And the book book is a form of advocacy as well. Yeah, definitely. That was a conscious choosing to be an advocate. Right. Um, But otherwise, I didn't really choose it. It kind of chose me. I just got tired of being stigmatized. Because people know me as a creative. They know me for the work I do, all kind of things. But once they find out that you have bipolar disorder, any kind of hint of anything, the behavior changes. The change, right. And then, you know, the talking starts and then the rumors start. And then, so I was just like, yo, you know, I'm going to go shop, go take up this. Mm-hmm. I had nothing to do with this. And I'm tired of being blamed for it. And so it's no different from having diabetes no or hypertension. Exactly. Or so I'm going to say, you know what? I think they probably don't understand how it works. Right. They don't. They don't. Maybe I should just start writing about it. So I started writing it on my blog. Yeah. I never think people go and really read it and take it on because, you know, it's mental health. Nobody really talks about that. Yeah. But as like, you know, it kind of serves as writing practice for me, but it also gave me an outlet. So let me do that. 
And I started doing that and then before I knew it, people start come and say, Hey, you know, me too, but I never know nobody else. So I wasn't saying anything. And then it started to become overwhelming, like holy wow, what people yeah, start. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, Lord Jesus, enough people need the help here. So it just kind of, then people start asking me to come talk at things. And I say, yo, I'm not really a speaker, you know, to tell you the truth. Like, I have only for anxiety. And they're like, no, man, you can do it. We'll support you, whatever. So I'm like, okay. And guys, she's awesome to watch Let's speak. See. As you can hear her on the podcast, <laughs> she's tons of fun. <laughs> and she just tell it like it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that has always been me from right. my little picnic. Right. Lick, you think I lick a box me get my <laughs> mouth? Oh, <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, enough, enough, enough big box. Enough, man. I was like, oh, wow. I was like, all right, don't say that again. Well, tell me a bit about how mental health and has affected your creativity. Um, such a weird question, but not really. Yeah, not really. Um, not really, right? I mean, ha- has it interfered? With your creativity, has it benefited it or has it made it harder to create? Um, All of the above. Depending on So, where. yeah, mm-hmm. it depends on where I am on the spectrum at the time. Sometimes it makes me extremely creative. Mm-hmm. And I am just in that space, zoning out everything and just making stuff. Whether I'm right or I'm doing like a concept for a shoot or something. So that is beautiful. But yeah. as I say, you know, you know the crash is coming. So there's always like this little ominous feeling in the right, back of your mind. Right, that is coming. And when you crash, you crash to the middle or you crash down to the low? Does Usually, it go from high all the way down to low? Yeah, um, with bipolar, s- that it definitely goes from high to low. Right, so you, and do, it you don't sense it immediately. Mm-hmm. No, it takes a little while to regain your balance. Mm-hmm. Because even from that time um, when I was committed in, that's at the end of 2016, mm-hmm. I am just now fully bouncing back from that it basically like derail everything right so it's hard and it takes a while which is why i work so hard to try and stay centered and you know just keep my focus where it needs to be which is taking care of myself and stuff but it has affected me where i'm not able to create because everything is coming at me too fast right um and then now when it goes with hypomania I have no drive to do anything. Mm-hmm. I have no energy mm-hmm. to do anything. Mm-hmm. So you can't create nothing. Then there is also, you have to go through the darkness and come out. And that's when you have the creative ideas. So it's all very closely linked. And something that I notice is a lot of celebrities, a lot of people who are great at their craft have some kind of mental I health challenge. They do. <laughs> so I realize that they do. There, and even there if it's a link. not formally diagnosed, there mm-hmm. is a little tick there. As yeah. the word, a tick. I think you kind of need to be somewhere towards that end of the spectrum to kind of, because to channel, you have to go somewhere for bring back something. You know? yeah. It's not like it just did a sit down in a your brain so i think some know. of it is personality based a little yeah. bit in the stars if you're like into astrology yeah um, which my listeners know i kind of like but i'm not super yeah, hardcore i like it too when I are like you born when are you born september i'm a virgo on the ninth ninth of the ninth ninth and ninth i'm ninth of the tenth hey. all right so we have a month apart but you're september and i'm so virgo and libra oh nice interesting my dad is a virgo they're strong yeah. They're cool though. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Very All right. strong. They are strong, but they're usually practical. And I would say that I think they get things done. Maybe not always the greatest amount of grace. That's un- that's the ones yeah. I know, but it will be done. Yeah. It will be done and You're it will right. be done properly. And, I stay and like that. Loyally. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it definitely, to me, they are not disconnected from each other. I feel like sometimes I wonder if I would be creative if I didn't have these experiences because they inform a lot. Right. In the absence of this, would you yeah. be creative at all? Yeah. I mean, I was creative as a child, but I also started noticing depressive um, symptoms in myself as a child. So there's that too. How, how young you would say? I was eight yeah? at the time. Yeah. What do you call depressive symptoms? With, withdrawn? What kind of things you talking about? Yeah, definitely withdrawn. Um long bouts of sadness Mm -hmm. um very moody too that's something that stood out because i was known by people in my class for being the moody girl so um i was diagnosed as depressed first yeah but something never sit right with me i just felt like it wasn't just that so i I kept going to see if i could get um, an evaluation a friend actually gifted me an evaluation as a birthday gift because she knows i was trying to really find out what's up and that is when I found out that it's bipolar. And I was like, that make more sense to me. Right. Because it covers everything that I experienced. Right, where depressive was just covering a portion. Yeah. T- so, you know. Tell like, me a bit about what you said earlier about focusing and taking care of yourself. And I want you to speak about you. 
But I think this will probably expand to all creatives. I'm a mm-hmm. musician. I got through quite a few um, ups and downs, mental yeah. health wise. Um, what are some of the things you do to focus, to take care of yourself, to maintain balance? Actually, the things that I do are very, very basic. And once you have a daily practice of taking care of yourself, it's a lot easier because your brain likes routine. Mm-hmm. So you can just autopilot certain things. But I try to make sure that when I get up in the morning, I don't grab my phone first thing. Yes. Um, it's a lot of information that you just bombard yourself with yeah. when you just wake and your brain don't even reset itself yet. So I try to wait for like about an hour to two hours before mm-hmm. I even touch my phone. I do this as well. Yeah. Sometimes, like, not all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you can't avoid yeah, it. Yeah. So man on Instagram just box yeah. me right on <laughs> my face. I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm crying. Why am I coming here? Why am I open WhatsApp? <laughs> but otherwise, I try to stay in a quiet space. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, alone time is very, very important, whether you're an introvert or not. <laughs> you're not supposed to be constantly bombarded with other people's life and experience and sound and everything. Like, it's a lot. I might like it a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, yes, alone time I, is I, important. I think I'm in there with you. I do love my alone time. I right. really do. So not taking up your phone first thing in the morning or yeah. being bombarded with too much information. Yeah. Alone time. Yes. All right. Major. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to have a morning routine. So there's something that you do. I would say a morning routine and a nighttime routine. Mm-hmm. So you have something to do that you do every day to wind down from your day and just give your, your mind some time to de-stress. And you have something to do to kind of build up for the day to start. What so, you do in the morning? Um, the first thing I do literally as I open my eyes, I say thanks. Yeah. That's the first thing I do. And then I take some deep breaths. Um, I drink water. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of sit down and listen to myself. Just see how my body feels. See what I can hear. Just kind of get just myself in, centered. Yeah. Check uh-huh. in. Be present. And then once I do that, it all depends on how I feel. I might dance or I might do yoga. Or, but I do something to kind of get moving. Right. And just get my brain sharp. Then once I do that, I bathe and thing and just eat something. Yeah, I I tend to journal sometimes if I'm in if I have enough time, um, or I tend to do morning gym. But the process of getting ready to go to the gym and like warming up and having headphones on, I listen to like a podcast, you know, something inspirational. Yeah. It feels just like warming into the day. Yeah, my I body like is to getting warm in and the morning. Too. Yeah, so it's kind of um, cool. but I journal at nights. Journal like at nights. I what I do is so that if anything affects me in the day, I just kind of. Get it Get out. Get it out before you sleep. Before I right, go so to this sleep. is now your wind down. So yeah. you journal at night. Yeah, so I journal at night. I used to journal in the morning, but I find that it helps me better at night. So I just kind of switch it up. I feel like it's almost like two different experiences. Like yeah, morning journaling is. could be it like is. a different release yeah. than, than evening it journaling. Is. Yeah. Um, Like if I dream something and it's significant, then, then I'll write, write it down. It down because, right? you know, sometimes things will come back to me and I'm like, wait, whenever you dream that. Are you consistent happen. with journaling? And do you do it electronically or in a book? It depends on what I have. Sometimes um, I prefer to use a book. Yeah. I prefer to write everything. Yeah, everything I, like I do, it. I write it first and then I type it. But um, journal, I've sometimes used Evernote to journal. So Evernote. it all depends. Because sometimes I'm on the road and I just want to get something out. And it's Evernote me have. So right. I just use it. Right. I know? use one called Journey. Oh, I don't know. Journey. It's, it's I'll not check bad. It out. Yeah, you can like add pictures and things. But it is really for journaling. You can oh, even nice. password protect it too. Nice. So that randoms don't try sneak up in your in and your, that in your like even do it, it in the cloud or so we don't know <laughs> who I read it. You yeah, always wonder things like that. Yeah, like who accesses the cloud? Things, like, right? Do they care about your life? What if you send a secret picture on Snapchat or, or in an IG DM? People are look on that. Yeah, I mean, somebody is somebody somewhere. It has to go somewhere. It goes somewhere, but who's watching? What if somebody has that job? What if they're just taking a room just like seeing just these pictures? Like <laughs> <laughs> That's disturbing. Yeah, that is very disturbing. All right. Well, um, tell me a little bit about things that you would want to tell other creatives. Um, I'll probably lead you in by saying maybe some of my challenges are, and I don't know if these are really mental health issues, but mm-hmm. there's imposter syndrome. Oh, yeah. that's Where big. I kind of feel like, you know. And no matter how much I've done, I come back to this space where I feel like I've never written a song. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to produce a beat, mm-hmm. even if I produced one before. I went to music school, I come back. <laughs> I feel like I create an album, and right now, I've had some imposter syndrome in the past months. And that's a tricky one for us. Yeah, definitely. That's so how can I you? Yeah, how can you have all this knowledge and have done it and executed it, and then come back into this space where you feel inadequate about doing it? 
It's very weird. It is very weird. It's but it's also very normal. It's something I recognize that so many people go through. And especially the people that you think wouldn't have imposter syndrome. Let me tell you, yeah. So, you know, like that helps me to feel better about it and just kind of give myself time for easy. And yeah. say, all right, this is a thing. Because even now, like I'm dealing with imposter syndrome right now in this new job. Even though I've been doing digital media for so long. I'm doing digital media for this job and I think because of the magnitude of the fact that it's a whole new business right. and it Tr- basically depends on what I do for people to like click to it. I'm just like, oh God, I don't know what I'm doing. Transitions are always difficult. <laughs> and for those who don't know what imposter syndrome is, I found something. Anxiety or self-doubt that results from persistently undervaluing one's competence and active role in achieving success That's while so falsely good. attributing one's accomplishments to luck or external forces. So it's interesting. Well, that's a good that's a good definition. Yeah, this is dictionary.com. Hey. <laughs> Sponsor the podcast. I know, right? You hear my going to read advice. I like. Oh. I heard that. I heard that. You know, yeah, so yeah, my strength. One day, let me give me a money. <laughs> you never know. You never know. Put it out there. Tommy, are we into? Are trying to? I want final words from you. Um, what 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 do you want us to leave our listeners with about mental health? And mm. creativity are th- are them separately or together? Um, okay, I'll start with creativity. I'd say, um, as a creative, we we tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves, and that is something that it kind of goes with the territory. Yeah. So just understand that and take the time to check in with yourself and notice when you're doing it, so you can ease up. Yeah. Because if you don't get the, get into the practice of noticing it you won't be able to stop yourself doing it. And you can really send yourself into a tailspin, stressing yourself out with that. So I think that that is really important to just give yourself room. Right. To give yourself room to fail, give yourself room to be stressed, give yourself room to be tired. Just be kind to yourself. A lot of us are perfectionists. Yes. Low-key. Low even yeah. though we, we come off as cool on the outside, it mm-hmm. is really like classic perfectionist. Yeah. And that is perfectionism is actually something that is not great no. you know it helps you to an extent to create but good I quality feel, work, yeah but it helps you with the, with the quality of your work but what about the quality of your relationship with yourself you know so yeah. that can suffer because of perfectionism and that's something i have first-hand experience with which is why i'm telling you that mm-hmm. so i would say creatives just cut yourself some slack yeah man absolutely. that's very important and have a way that you ground yourself when you need it mm-hmm. that is crucial because it is kind of customary for creatives to go off into all kind of different moods. Um, and abuse substances. Abuse substances. You know, just all kind of things to try and, and cope. Because creativity, especially if your art is very visible, it comes with a lot, a lot of, of pressure. pressure yeah. A lot of pressure. And a lot of self-inflicted pressure as well. And that can affect your mental health. Absolutely. So it's important to always have that relationship with yourself. So you know when you're going a little off yeah. and you can rein yourself in because if you go all the way off the rails, it is way harder to, come to back fix. On. Yeah. So just kind of make, I would say, have a daily practice of checking in with yourself. Even just in a moment, just say, how am I feeling right now? Yeah. I eat from morning. Maybe I need to sleep. You know, just simple. No matter over pre the thing. And what was the next part? What I have to say about mental health? Yeah, yeah. It's the most precious thing that you have. It don't matter how rich you are. So take care of it first. And it's not hard to take care of your mental health. Once you're taking care of your physical basic needs, like making sure that you're resting, you're hydrated, you're eating properly, you know, you you have people that you socialize with and you have an outlet for stress, that kind of thing. Cover all those basics and your mental health will very likely be fine unless you have a diagnosed disorder right um, and you might need some extra additional if you need ad- additional help right? don't be afraid to get it therapy is amazing it is really 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 helpful so if you need it definitely get it um if you need medication don't feel no way don't feel shame about it um there's more strength in getting help if you need it and recognizing that than just making life just mash it up yeah because you're afraid of what people will say because at the end of the day you suffer more than the people who are looking so in being kind to yourself just give yourself room to know what your needs are and to meet them get into the habit of meeting those needs yourself 
I love that. I love that. I spoke about this in the last podcast too. Yeah, I'm getting the habit of meeting these yeah. needs by yourself instead of feeling that it needs to be fulfilled mm. by someone And else. boundaries very important for yeah. both creativity and mental health. You see, when you're talented, people always want things from you and they always want to do things for exposure. No, you can't go down a JPS, go expose yourself to pay a bill. <laughs> so, yeah. I'll be doing a podcast work. on boundaries too. <laughs> Trust me, I know all about that. Listen. Tammy, this has been amazing. How can people find you? Um, I am on social media, every social media at Tammy Sansai. So you can find me everywhere. That's T A M I T S A N S A I. All right, Sansai. <laughs> yeah, we have to give it a little jab. Hey, hey. Tammy, thank you so much. A lot of takeaways. Uh, mental health is important. Creatives, be careful of your mental health and how you um, pressure yourselves. And the last thing I want to ask you yeah. is which part of Jamaica you come from? I come from Silo in St. Elizabeth. Like Big I love my little place. Don't Elizabeth. say it. I'm yeah. here. Goody come from Silo. Who <laughs> <laughs> do I have nothing else to say after that? Big up this goody from Silo. <laughs> Tammy, Sansai, Tamika. Coley. Coley. Pronounce it right. And check out her book, Hard Girl for Dead. Yeah. She's a hard girl for dead. Tommy, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. I know. I like talking to you. Oh, wow. Thanks, <laughs> man. <laughs> Oh God, I always cringe at the end of those episodes when I hear myself gush when I receive a compliment. Big man can gush to you now. What you say? Thanks to Tammy for that wonderful episode. And I hope all the creatives wrote down some notes. And in general, there's anybody who wants to have a healthy mental health practice. You know, you just need to really start to do some routine things that can really help to balance out your thoughts. So um, don't take it for granted. It's very important. And I just wanted to tell you guys a few things. Coming next week, I'm going to start calling you my talk truthers. And you may have a say in this or not, but you're going to be a part of Team Me. Team Me is the parent and a subset of Team Me is my talk truthers. So to my talk truthers, big up on yourself, embrace the name. And I'm going to start adding a new hashtag, which is TT with me. And that is capital TT, common W, capital M-E. It's kind of cool. You're listening to TT with me. I'm going to still say talk truth though. Because you have to say talk truth. Of course, you know what you guys need to do. You need to download a podcasting app if you haven't already. Search in the search for Talk Truth with Mario Evan and click the subscribe button. After that, you can listen to any episode you want, anywhere you want, anytime you want. It will mark the spot. It's the most amazing way to engage podcasts and um you can search for other things npr bbc everybody's in the podcasting world and it stays right in your app you don't have to play it from a browser who does that anymore so if you're uncool and playing from a mobile browser or a web browser please go into your app store and download the app please please and plus the numbers help on my end also when you subscribe please give us a review like preferably five stars but whatever you want like rate review please share with your friends your family if any episodes move you click that share button spread the word let people know what's popping something i hardly ever do but wanted to do today was to promote my album reggae soul volume one me and love and it's on all streaming and digital platforms amazon Spotify, Tidal, Deezer, anywhere that there's digital music, just type in Mario Evan, M-E-R-I-O-E-V-O-N, and my album should pop up. Give it a listen, give it a stream, show your boy some love, and listen to the music that I created in 2015. That's the reggae and R&B fusion called Reggae Soul, and I hope to bring more music to you very soon. So guys, my talk shooters, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sitting down and listening to these episodes. I know that you're being touched because you guys reach out to me publicly and privately every week. And there's nothing I enjoy more than touching your soul. So you just listen to Talk Truth, a place where your truth shall become your power and set you free. Until next Sunday, guys. Can't wait. Bye.